Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. When people get married, you're not a great husband or wife at first. You have to transform and become that. But we desire that, right? Nobody's like, I want to get married and be mediocre. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to be the best husband or wife that you can be. You want to transform into that. I want to be the best, the best youth pastor. I want to be the best boss to the youth staff, all right? Those are things that I desire. And I know that I have to be changed. I have to transform if I'm going to come into these things. Now, we, we all desire this. We all feel this, right? Um, you know, some of you, if you're an actor or an actress, you know, you think you're not going to walk on stage and be the best actor at your school right out of the gate. You have to transform into that, right? It's not something that just happens naturally. If you are an athlete, you definitely know this. Even really gifted natural athletes don't just walk out on and just start and they're amazing right from the beginning. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes transformation. If you are a dancer, I mean, you think of the ballet troupe we have here. I mean, none of them just walk out there and suddenly they're amazing, right? It takes a lot of work. In fact, I can't believe how much time and effort and energy they put into these things. And if you think about it, all of everything we do is like that. I mean, those of you that play Fortnite again, you're not like, you don't just pick up the controller and you're the best. You win every time. It doesn't happen. In anything that you want to do, it takes time for you to get there. And you want to be transformed into this. And so here's the thing. Whether, whether any of these things I've already mentioned or whether you want to be best dressed, most popular, you want to have a great body, best sense of humor, you want to be the richest, the most powerful, whatever it is, You name it, you're seeking, and we all are seeking, glory and satisfaction in this life. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Most people, when they get to that point, they discover, when they get that thing that they're reaching for, that they're grasping, that they're trying to be transformed into, and they reach for that, they find that it just doesn't really bring satisfaction. Okay? I have been skinny before, believe it or not. And it didn't... It didn't make my life completely fulfilled. Okay? So even though I desire transformation in that way, I know that one thing is not going to do it for me. Okay? So we, we search and we reach for these things. You think of people recently, you know, you have Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, right? Two high-profile suicides that took place just recently. They were at the top, the pinnacle of their careers, uh, One had built a fashion empire. One was a TV personality, world-renowned chef. It didn't bring satisfaction. If success and fame and beauty and all of these things brought life satisfaction, why would Demi Lovato still be addicted to drugs and just have, you know, just recently she just went into, you know, had an overdose and almost died? Why is she pursuing that? You would say, man, if I had everything that she had, I wouldn't need to go for that. And yet those things don't bring true satisfaction. But see, there's good news tonight. You know, we're all seeking answer to these these questions. Why am I here? Why do I exist? How do I find true happiness and satisfaction? But the Bible gives answers to those things. The Bible actually teaches us 
the real answer, how to find real life satisfaction in these things. And it comes through transformation. But Ephesians 2 says this, we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A lot of you are familiar with this text. So he's saying, God has a plan for you. He already sees you and your life and he can see it all the way until you die. He can see your grandchildren's lives all the way until they die. He sees all of that. It's laid out. The good works that he's prepared beforehand for you and I to do, he knows what they are, and he is ready for us to walk in those. And when we do, we find true life satisfaction. He says, I'm going to tell you how to find that satisfaction now. Okay? And that's also in Scripture. So how do we do that? How do we discover what we're meant to do? How do you discover that? We're going to look at John 15 tonight. And a lot of you are familiar with this passage. This is the vine and the branches. Some of you, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this analogy before. This is something Jesus said to his disciples. And so we're going to read that. So let's take a look at John 15, uh, starting in verse 4. It's going to be on the screens. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For by this the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Now let me walk through a few of the things. I know that's a really long passage, but I want to hit several things in here. One of the things that We have kind of a motto for Watershed. I don't know if you're aware of that. We have one. It's called Connect, Receive, Transform. Connect, Receive, Transform. And I think that this passage actually goes in and really talks about each one of these things. And I'm just going to touch on some of those before we send you off to your groups. So last week we talked a ton about connection. But in this passage, we see right out of the gate, Jesus uh, is saying, Abide in me and I in you as the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. If you think about it, He's using this analogy of this vine, right? A grape, grapes, a, a vine has the branches that come off of it and the bunch of grapes come off each branch. And he says, you're the branch and I'm the vine. Now we know we're not big into botany or anything like that, but we're, you don't have to take a rocket scientist to know how that works, right? A branch has to be connected to the vine in order to get the nutrients that it needs. And so we need that connection. You and I are connected to God. That's what it means to abide in him. It means to live in him, to walk with him. When we do that, when we abide, when we dwell with Christ, then he feeds us, okay? That connection is important, and the connection isn't just with God, because for for Watershed, we say connect with each other and with God, okay? So the connection is with God, but have you ever seen a grapevine? 
You know, it's not just one big vine with one little branch coming off and there's a bunch of grapes. No, there's, there's branches everywhere. It's all, they're protecting each other from the wind. They're absorbing the sun together. They're growing together in community. Each one of these branches connected to the vine. The church is God's plan. He called Abraham out and he made the community of God into a family, right? He called a family out, which became tribes, which has now become the people of God. And when you become a Christian, you join his family. It's meant to be done together. It's meant to be done in community, not as individuals. So we connect. We connect with God. We connect with each other. We receive. Once you're connected into the vine, you receive the nutrients. You receive all of that. It comes to you. You know, we receive our salvation is not about something that we do. You're not a Christian because you're a good person. You're not a Christian because you, you pursue and run after God. You're not, a, you're not a Christian because you join the church. You're a Christian because of something God does in you and for you. It's not about what we do. It's about what he has done, right? God doesn't love those who, you know, come after people who help themselves. God helps people who can't help themselves. When we say, I'm a sinner, I can't do anything, God. I need your love to come in to my life. That's when we, we become believers. That's what salvation is about. We're, you guys are the recipient of someone else pouring into you as well. That's what, that's what discipleship's about, is coming alongside a leader who's farther along than you in the faith, and they pour into you, and you give back as well. You pour into them and the other people in your group, and we grow together in this community. That is what the receiving part is about. Um, There's an important aside here in verse 14. He talks about this. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command. All right. So he's talking about that. And I want to just explain that really quick because we can get that backwards. We can start to think, you know, if I do what Jesus commands, he will love me. Now think about that. Is but really what he's saying, if you love me, you will do what I command. Now, there's a, that's an important distinction that we need to keep in mind. Think about you, you operate that way with your own relationships and your own friendships. All right? If you have a group of really great friends and you're like, hey, guys, I love you. I really need you to go and do this for me. And they go and do the opposite. You're going to doubt that they're your friends. Right? But nobody wants to be friends with somebody if he says, hey, as long as you do what I tell you, we'll be friends. That's not how it works. But when you're in relationship, when you love somebody, then you want to do what they need. You want to do what is required. Okay? And so this is a relationship that we have. This is part of that thing that we are receiving. We're receiving our salvation from the Lord. In verse 16, he said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. And that is the last thing. Transformation. True transformation is this fruit that he's talking about. When you and I produce fruit through our lives, that fruit that we see brings satisfaction. It brings joy. It brings happiness. When you're doing what God created you to do, and you are doing it, seeing his kingdom expand, joining together with other believers and saying, hey, this is what I was made to do. These are the good works that God has laid out before me. And we start to see that fruit develop. We start to say, this is what life was all about. This is what I was made to do. And true joy and true satisfaction happens. And we see this happen. And at the, end of the, at the end of the passage, he says this, These things I command you so that you will love one another. It goes right back in. As we're producing the fruit that God made us to do, what happens is 
Our groups transform. Your small group transforms. Our church transforms. Our community transforms. And when we do that, we see the way all of this fits together in a way that is beautiful and brings true satisfaction. So this connection, we see it all over in different things. And, and you see this just in, in regular life, right? This connect, receive, transform. I joined the military years ago. When you join the military, you connect into a unit. You receive instruction. You transform into a fighting person. You, your unit transforms into something that can accomplish great things and win wars. That's what happens. A ballet company comes together, right? And they connect with their teacher. They receive that instruction and they're transformed into something both individually uh, as they become beautiful dancers and then the kind of thing that they do together is beautiful to behold. All of these are just analogies that point to this idea of connecting, receiving, and seeing true transformation for all of us. Now, what would it look like for you if this happened for you? What would connect, receive, transform being connected into the vine, being connected to each other, receiving that truth from God, power from him, and seeing true transformation, what would that mean for you? Would it mean that you would see God's power working in and through you as you submit more and more to the Spirit and see God working in and through your life? Would it mean that your group would be a safe place where you could go and share your real struggles and your friends that are in that group would share as well and you could come alongside each other in prayer and in support and that group could be the kind of group that God has called it to be? Would you start seeing God calling you to use your gifts and abilities to transform this broken world and see where God is calling you to serve in ways that really make a difference. What would it look like for all of us if we did that? If, what would this, how would our community start to change if we did that together? Um, we would see the power of the Spirit, each one of us laying down our lives for our friends. Jesus said, this is your friend. If you lay your life down for your friends, this is true love looks like that. And he, we would start to do that for each other. We would start to do that for the communities that we live in. So, you see, we are the solution for what ails the world right now. God's transformation working itself out through love and grace through his people. You're that solution. You are the church. You're the next generation of the church. And God is calling you to be a part of this great transformation that is taking place. So connect, receive, and transform. Let me close with this story. You know, years ago... I was in a great youth group. I grew up in East Tennessee in a small town. And my youth group was not near as big as this one. But it was, it was about 70 or 80 students. And I loved it. And I learned. And I was growing. And I'll tell you, I, well, I did join the military when I, was, when I was 19. And I went in. And God stripped me away. All of my community disappeared. All of my Christian friendships. Everything. And I want you to know that when all of that was gone... I started seeking satisfaction in anything and everything that the world had to offer. And it's amazing how much the community grounds you into uh, who God wants you to be and what he has to teach you. When I was isolated and I, and I got to the end of myself and said, this is, this just isn't, this is nothing. Nothing is satisfying. Nothing is helping. Nothing works. And I started coming back to church, and God slowly started to get people to come alongside me and invest in me. And out of his kindness, he brought me to repentance. And I'm telling you, then I started to grow again, and I started to be 
joyous again and be satisfied in life again to see how he truly created me to be and what he created me to do. That's what I want for each one of you. All right? Uh, I'm going to pray. Jimmy's going to come up and give some, fi- some instructions and a few more announcements um, for where you're going tonight. And if you weren't in a group and all that, I'm sure Jimmy will explain all of that. Uh, we've got questions, I know, for leaders uh, that Jimmy has. They're also on the app for tonight for your uh, groups as well based on the talk. So let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for Watershed. Thank you for Perimeter Church. And God, we thank you for your word, that you are the vine that we, are, that we have to be connected to, Lord. Um, and that you love us and you pour into us, Lord. Uh, you give us yourself. You give us your son, Jesus, and that brings transformation. Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, drawing and working in each one of us, we grow. And Lord, we ask you to Uh, take discipleship this year and that you would do an amazing work in and through our discipleship groups this year, that you would be with each one of our leaders, Lord, and help them uh, to make those connections, that these groups this year would be as close as they have ever been, that we would feel your power working in and through us, and that we would be transformed both individually and that you would transform Watershed into a loving, safe community where we can learn and grow together. All these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.